Hey, it's Amanda Lauren. Before we get started, I just wanted to make a very thirsty plea to everyone to please subscribe to this show um, and share it with a friend. If you like it, share it on social, tell people about it. Also, please write us a five-star review if you haven't already. We would really appreciate it. Okay, so I'm going to stop being a thirst monster and I'm going to get to the episode because this is such a good one we have with Luke's story. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Things We're Too Lazy to Blog About. I am Amanda Lauren and I am with my co-host, Allie Levine. Hey, hey, hey. And we are on the line with someone I've been, Allie, have I been just like thirsty as fuck to get him on the podcast? (laughs) Yeah, you literally have been asking and asking and asking me and it makes me laugh because I have such a history with him and I've known him in the styling world for so many years. So I was like, well, get him on, get him on. He's very busy, but go ahead and intro. We, We have on Luke's story. And literally, she's fangirling over here, Luke. I am blushing. I love to hear it. That's great. Well, we're <laughs> off to a good start because flattery gets you everywhere with me. So. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. Oh, of course. Thank you for asking me. I'm happy to do it. I, Being a podcaster myself, I, I know how it is to um, you know, uh, be happy about getting someone to agree to do your show. So it's all good. <laughs> I'm stoked. Awesome. So I want to also talk about, so you two have known each other for a long long time. time. So how do you two know each other? Ali had a whole life before she was a mommy influencer. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I knew Luke back in the styling days. I joined School of Style when it was kind of, what, like pretty fresh and new, right, Luke? Yeah, we started in 2008. So we're in our, at this point, we're in our 11th year. And I I feel like you were in the first couple of years, probably, yeah to LA in the beginning of 2010. So, and I'm pretty sure I got like right in with you because I came out in end of 2009 to like meet you. I remember we had like our business meeting and like went for coffee and you were talking about the class. And then I joined the main and then I like helped you on some sets and yeah, I mean, that's so crazy. That was so long ago. Yeah, it is crazy. Actually thinking back, there's been, it's been a long road with that business and we've had, you know, like 4,000 students go through or something, I think at this point. So it's okay. crazy, but I you know, know, it's, it's like what, one of the OGs. <laughs> you are. Well, it's funny, you know, I'm actually in touch with a lot of the original students, especially the ones that went on to have uh, careers as you did. And so, you know, those were the the ones that we ended up watching and then they blossomed into their own, like, you know, many of them, um, like you included really successful, um, stylists in their own right. So, and then it's also cool to see them progress as you have and do different things, you know, some yeah, people end it's up, crazy, right? well, even like with yeah. you, like your podcast and everything you're doing, it's really cool to like watch people, you know, progress and see all the different things they transition into and like where their brand goes. And yeah, I mean, and when I worked with you too, I was telling Amanda, like as a, you know, new stylist, like you really, empowered me and gave me like the tools and business to be able to feel like I could do things. Whereas no shade to other things like that I had worked on, but I felt like it was way more kind of just like, Oh, you know, take these shoes, do this and do that. And not that that's not important, but like you really gave like those tools 
to be able to feel like I can step into this. And yes, I need to still assist and learn under someone, but like I got the start to what I need to potentially be successful. And I, and I, and I, I mean, I, I am, I was successful. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. Well, you were one of the ones that makes it fun to, to keep grinding on that business. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> if we were finding that people weren't successful, it would have been a lot less fun. I mean, like one of our students, Janelle, um, she styles Khloe Kardashian now. And you know, yeah. it's like not a bad life. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. I'll be on Instagram and I'm, I'll be on Instagram and I'm like, Oh, who's styling who? And I'm not in the business anymore, but I'm just curious sometimes. I'm like, wait, that's one of our students. And now they're, <laughs> you know, they're yeah, doing their thing. So it's cool. on her. <laughs> yeah. It's neat. It's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on and we love your podcast and everything you're doing. And like Amanda said, she literally has been asking me. I love you on your podcast. You on. She loves your podcast. I do too. And she was just so excited. Um, you know, we both were to have you on today and we wanted to kind of give our listeners like kind of a, have you tell a little backstory of you and kind of how you got into your podcast. And then sure. get a little bit into biohacking oh, because I'm, um, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm no, you're, you're just obsessed. I don't think I biohack that much, but obviously you're like the king of biohacking, <laughs> but sort of how did you get into this? <laughs> no, it's so like, many questions. <laughs> having brain octane in my coffee is not really biohack. It's like, it's so like amateur low level biohacking. Well, it's a, it's a start. I mean, honestly, it, it like, I think anyone that really gets into something and has a passion for it, um, it's, I don't want to say all the time, but in many cases it's been created out of some sort of desperation, right? You hit a wall in your life and so you want to make big changes. And I've just, for some reason, had a life that's been punctuated by a lot of walls meeting my forehead, (laughs) (laughs) self-imposed mostly. So Growing up, I was really unhealthy and really unhappy and just had a lot of emotional problems and problems with addictions and all kinds of gnarly things going on in my teen, I mean, really adolescence and teen years and into my 20s. And then when I um, got into the fashion industries, was in my late 20s. And at that time, I had sobered up and got into meditation and exploring spirituality and a part of that was detoxing and cleansing and doing juice fasts and infrared saunas and so many of the things that were popular back in the 90s. And although I went into the fashion and entertainment industry, uh, as we've discussed, that whole time I had really this double life where all of my free time was spent going to meditation retreats and doing yoga and learning about health and how to keep your body healthy and recover and detox and all of that stuff. So it was just kind of like, it was my passion the whole time. It just wasn't something that many people were interested in. And then as I watched over the years, more and more people gravitating toward living a healthy lifestyle and people getting the understanding of why it was important to eat organic and that there were ways that you could take care of yourself where you would have to go to the doctor for surgery and drugs much less and all these kind of things that were pretty fringe, kind of just the health nuts were into all that stuff in the beginning. It started to become more mainstream and I started to listen to podcasts um, about health and uh, wellness and spirituality and things like that. And I just spent so much time learning from audio programs, really going back to when I used to buy these cassette tape, like cases of, you know, like people like Wayne Dyer, um, personal development teachers and things like that. And I would just listen to hours and hours and hours of audio and basically give myself a PhD and health and wellness and spirituality and stuff just from, from listening. And then when that turned to podcast, I was a huge fan of that because it's 
so accessible and you can learn while you're doing something else like driving or something tedious that requires some of your attention, but not all. And, uh, and then I just thought, you know what, I'm really kind of feel like I've accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish as a stylist. And my passion wasn't really there anymore. Sitting on a music video for 18 hours a day or something. I'd be, <laughs> I feel why like- am I, you know, why am <laughs> I doing this again? Um, it's really, you know, it's really fun for many years, but I did, I did that for 17 years. I mean, I think by the time I left, I was very sure that there might be a new or perhaps an undiscovered calling. And so I decided to start a podcast because that was my favorite medium by which to take in new information and learn. And I had developed a lot of relationships in the health and wellness scene over the years, just as a fan going to conferences and meeting the speakers and meeting people that um, make different supplements or biohacking devices or um, functional medicine doctors, et cetera. So I decided to start a podcast and really leverage some of those relationships. And as I started to do that, I realized like, wow, I'm actually pretty well connected in this side of the industry and also unknowingly had acquired a lot of knowledge and experience myself in the 20 years that I had been really working on optimizing myself. And I didn't realize that because of course, you know, you're always looking to the next thing you want to learn. So I never thought of myself as someone who was particularly knowledgeable about such things, but it turns out I am, I guess. <laughs> and so, so I started my podcast and it was really successful um, quite quickly and has continued to be so. Uh, and as a result, I put myself out there and do a lot of speaking at conferences and I'm on a lot of podcasts like yours. And not only do I get to interview other really brilliant people, but I'm also given the opportunity to share some of my experience as well, which is kind of a surprise, but also really fun because now the trend is sort of caught up with a lot of the things I've been into for a long time. So I feel in a sense, somewhat vindicated, you know, where it's like (laughs) everyone used to think I was like such a weirdo because I would, you know, jump in, you know, frozen lakes or whatever. And now that's a thing, you know, the Wim Hof method. I'm like, yeah, I've been doing this shit for 20 years. You God, damn, you know, it, it, took, it took a while. And now I'm like, see, I'm not crazy because now the science is coming out. Well, I am crazy, but the science is coming out to back up a lot of the things that I've been into for a very long time. So it's an exciting time for me and just seeing people learn how to heal themselves. And so um, in closing uh, on my, you know, on my why and a little bit of the how is just I've just been obsessed with healing myself emotionally, spiritually, physically for so long. And I found a lot of things that really help. And when I find something that works, I'm inclined to share with people so that they can heal themselves. You know, it's like there's a saying, hurt people, hurt people. And um, that's a way that I find I can forgive some people for their trespassing and um, and forgive me for my own, too, because God knows I've been hurt in life like many of us have. But on the other side of that coin is healed people heal people. And so I consider myself someone who's pretty healed at this point, And now I have a little bit of extra energy left over to help uh, teach people how to heal themselves. I think that's so interesting. And it's really, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to be a big dork here, which is what I always say to Allie. And like, I'm married. So please, if someone is listening to this podcast for the first time, don't think I'm creepy. I think you look amazing. Like I look at your Instagram and you're like almost 50 and I'm literally. Well, you look super healthy. Dying. Like, because you just look so good. And I'm sure people tell you that all the time that you look like you're like 30. And how do you do, like you've reversed aging 
Well, it, it's there's a secret. It's called Facetune. <laughs> no, I I trust me. I I look better on Instagram probably than I do in real life. I'm I'm an ex, I'm really good at I'm really good at filters. You know, I'm I, I'm not ashamed to admit that. Um, you know, it's marketing, right? But I I think you're, there's some truth to that. I I do you know as objective as one can be about themselves without being you know getting your ego involved, but as objectively as I can, I do meet other men that are 48, like I am, or, you know, 49, 50, 52, whatever. And I do look at them and I go, God, that dude looks old. And then I kind of look at myself and go, I don't think I look as old as that dude. (laughs) No, you don't. um, I think it's because you, like you said, you look healthy and like you've been doing so much. And I love that you said, like, you know, you've worked on so much of yourself with healing. And because I think that People don't realize like whether it be big or small, whatever it is in our lives that we carry, that really wears on us. And it's like the same thing with with whatever you eat comes out, you know, on your skin and on your face and all these things. It's the same idea that like whatever you're going through, it's going to internalize and it's going to hold you. So until you heal, it's not going to release. So I feel like for you, why you have this like, like Amanda's saying, this glow about you and you look so healthy, you look so great. It's part of the fact that because you've done so much of that work and what you talked about. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, and this is this is the trick is finding the balance, right, between the interior and the exterior. So on one side of that coin, someone could get obsessed with biohacking and health and become vegan or paleo or keto and, you know, do the red light therapy and the PEMF and all the things, get abs, get ripped, you know, whatever your version of health is. And then you haven't dealt with your childhood trauma or the fact that you were abandoned as a kid or you were sexually abused or you're an alcoholic or ad infinitum, codependent, you know, whatever. I really do believe that most of our physical problems, I mean, the ones that aren't dietary and lifestyle related, at least do really come from emotional issues and a spiritual disconnect. And so I've had to really work hard to find balance. So I don't become too obsessive about all the physical practices and then forget that, oh yeah, it's really about having a spiritual connection to some higher power, at least for me it is. And also a connection to other people, you know, and having that sense of community and connectedness and learning how to develop intimacy with friends and loved ones and those things that really give life meaning and learning how to be of service and working on your character and your mindset and all that. Um, You can't just get abs and take a bunch of vitamins and think you're going to be happy. Mm -hmm. You have to do the inner work to be happy. But likewise, you can meditate in a cave all day and eat MSG and aspartame and smoke cigarettes and, you know, live under blue light with a Wi-Fi router next to your head. And you're going to want to kill yourself no matter how much you meditate because your body's dying on you, you know. So it's kind of a matter of, you know, realizing that you're, you're, you're not your vehicle. So you're not your body. But you do have to acknowledge, I think, to be well-rounded that you are inside a body, meaning that you're, this is my perspective, um, that your soul is temporarily entrapped in a body. And in order for your soul to fulfill its mission here on earth, it's your responsibility to take care of your body so that thing will last you as long as it's supposed to last you. And you can be here to learn the spiritual lessons and develop as a soul as a character as much as you can within one lifetime. And if you neglect the body too much, it goes away. And then who knows where you go when you die, but you don't have your body anymore because you got diabetes, cancer, heart disease, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we stay disease-free as long as possible, suffer as little as possible physically, but then realize that's not the end game, that the end game is really the development of our soul and our relationships and our 
our consciousness, you know, which is what I believe is the thing that you take with you, not your abs. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I love that you. I, that I agree. We're both like nodding like, our heads. We very much resonate with. But that. it's it's funny because like I think that all of us living in Southern California, I think what's really normal here. Like I was feeling really run down a few weeks ago, and I was like texting my mom, and I'm like, yeah, just, I'm just going to run in for a B12 shot. Like someone would run in for a cup of coffee. And <laughs> right, like, right. Wait. This is not like what is so normal to us here. Like this lifestyle is really weird in other, in a lot of other places. And I think it's catching on in New York because that's where I'm originally from. And I talked to my friends and even in Chicago um, where I know there's like a wellness scene. But what do you think someone who lives in like a flyover state or maybe doesn't have access to, I'm like, look, I have a molecule or I should say though, they totally gifted it to me. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned you cause I was writing um, an article about air purifiers for Forbes. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> um, that's great. I'm obs- It's gorgeous. I write about decor and I was sort of talking about how to create, you know, just a healthier home through decor. And I just think it's the most, like, it's just a gorgeous, if anyone (laughs) hasn't seen a molecule, it's the most gorgeous electronic I've ever seen in my life. It is. is. And, but not everyone is eight. I think it's 800. I can't remember. It's seven or eight. They're expensive. Yeah. What can people do at the bare minimum, like the average person to sort of loop, Storify themselves. <laughs> well, that's funny. I'm gonna have to. I should make something out of that. That's a great name. Um, you totally. She's kind of, good kind of, like that. You totally. It's kind that. of <laughs> It's borderline narcissistic, but I'm gonna run with it anyway. Um, no, you know, I get I get this question actually quite a bit because a lot of the things that I promote and uh, products and services that I feature on my podcast and affiliate accounts that I have, which I shamelessly plug and make money from, and I feel very good about doing so, like Molecule. I don't know if I use my affiliate link, but if you did, supposedly I make $20 or something. But, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, God, you know, what about regular people that can't afford, you know, these expensive devices or all of these supplements or, you know, $150 to go get a vitamin IV or do hyperbaric oxygen chambers or uh, ozone therapy or any of these. I mean, I think I wrote a list at some point when I did my first podcast and there was like 250 different modalities that I've tried, you know, I mean, ranging from ayahuasca to drinking my own pee, like as a therapeutic thing. I mean, it's a whole other podcast to get into that, but, um, I've tried everything and some of the things are expensive. And to those people, the first thing I say is let's work on your mindset. Cause one thing I've really struggled with is, is self-worth and feeling like I deserve to be wealthy And that's something I'm still really working on is manifesting um, monetary abundance in my life and not feeling ashamed about that. And so if I look at something, I say, well, that thing's for rich people. I can't afford that because I'm not worth it. Well, then that's the first thing I have to address. So people get pretty pissed when that's my answer is like, well, you don't have enough money for that. Why? Let's look at the deeper why. Beyond that, though, I have to say in all honesty, that the most powerful things you can do for your health are absolutely free. And they essentially, to me, add up to becoming reconnected with the natural energies that exist on the planet. And the reason that we're so sick and that we're so depressed, homicidal, suicidal, disconnected, lacking meaning, 
um, you know, having these horrible experiences with seemingly incurable diseases and all this is very obvious to me. And that is that we become disconnected from our natural way of living. So if you go back to pre-agriculture, let's say 10, 12,000 years ago, when we were still largely living as hunter-gatherers, we didn't have the diseases we have now. We didn't have the mental illness we have now. We certainly didn't have the mass shootings. We didn't have rape gangs. I mean, you know, there were savage people around the world, right, that are territorial and are coming from their animal nature, but we weren't as pathologically sick spiritually, mentally, or physically as we are now in our so-called civilized lives, right? So what happened? Well, what happened was we started eating food that was devoid of nutrition because the food had to be hybridized in order to be able to be mass produced. That's the agriculture piece. We started moving from the outdoors into the indoors. That was the next move that has really tanked our health and well-being. And then moving into the industrial revolution past the agricultural revolution, which was our first kind of fall of man. The second fall of man is the industrial revolution, which is awesome. I love my car. I love my iPhone. I love Wi-Fi. I love this microphone. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I love you know electric guitars. I'm a super fan of technology and electricity. I love being able to turn the lights on at night. But when we invented things like the incandescent light bulb and all of these different machines and chemicals that pollute the planet and our water supply and our food supply, we really screwed ourselves. And so the main issue, as I see it now, is that human beings have literally domesticated themselves in an effort to live more comfortably. And all of the things that we use, yeah. like electricity and unnatural blue light at night and living in a perpetual 68-degree environment where we're breathing processed air that's gone through an air um, you know, a, a heating system or an AC system, depending on where we live, we are literally just cut off from... Um, the solar system, the cosmos from natural, pure oxygen, from pure, clean spring water, is, which is what we've evolved to drink. Uh, we light our indoor environments at night like it's the middle of the day, which is extremely damaging to our biology. We filled our environment with radiation from cell towers and Wi-Fi and our cell phones. And uh, we're living in a completely artificial world. And if you look at what happens to an animal when you take it out of its natural habitat and start feeding it zoo food in a zoo cage with zoo lighting and zoo water uh, and, and being cut off from its community of animals, that animal very quickly gets sick and dies. And that's what exactly has happened to us. So it's a long way of saying that the most powerful biohacks are the most powerful things we can do for our health involve undoing that domestication as much as we can and really working in alignment with nature rather than living in opposition to nature. This means stopping all blue light in your home at night, which is not expensive. You can get a pair of glasses and you put them on when it gets dark and all the lights amber and there, problem solved for about 50 bucks. Um, getting outdoors and away from glass and getting natural sunlight on our body and in our eyes, not like sun in your eyes, but just bright sunlight <laughs> around you and on your skin, um, not being afraid of the sun, tanning safely, being exposed to that, doing ice baths, um, doing infrared saunas, getting really hot, getting really cold, uh, finding time at least while we sleep where we can turn the Wi-Fi off and get out of all that radiation. Um 
and really just even optimizing sleep, making sleep. Like you think about going to the gym, like I need to get in shape. Like what if we looked at sleep in the way like, okay, how well did I sleep last night? Let me track my sleep and see how much REM I got and how much deep sleep I got. Let me gamify that. Now getting a device to track your sleep is, you know, not free, but sleeping is free, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and learning how to optimize it and making your room dark and making your room cold and all the things you can do to really get restful sleep and finding the self-discipline to get to bed, you know, between 10 and midnight and not afterward because studies show that the best sleep really happens between 10 and 1 a.m., you know? Wait, really? Uh, you see yeah, that? it's, it sucks. Know. No, it really sucks because I don't, I really mm -hmm. don't feel like going to bed ever until after midnight. But if you think about it, if you go to bed after midnight, you're literally going to bed the next day. You're not even yeah, going to bed the day that you're in. Mm -hmm. So in summary, and you know, and obviously I get excited about this and I could go on and on, but if you just think, <laughs> Oh no, all of this is it. so, love I love this because I always think that it's like, I try to think about things because we live in this world where like, like I said, like this is so normal for us and so weird for other people, but uh, anyone can try to get to bed earlier. Anyone can like open a window. Anyone can go outside. Like to me, like that's like all of these little things, like you say, like it really does add up and you don't have to go crazy, right. but yeah, it's really to fun go, to, it's but, fun to yeah. go crazy, but you don't have to do the extremes. You can find little things. Like I need to go to bed earlier. I know that. Like I, trying to turn off by 11 o'clock midnight is my brain just starts to be like, okay, you can start to relax now. And then I get to sleep maybe at like one or last night was like two and it's terrible. Yeah. Well, you know, this is where, this is where people buck up against my recommendations a lot, because a lot of the things that really move the needle in your health are uh, the things that require self-discipline. So people will be frustrated that they can't afford some magnetic device that's $15,000 and they're like, oh, only rich people can be healthy. Well, no, <laughs> you, you can actually connect to the magnetism of the planet by walking outside barefoot. Can you do that 10 times a day for me? Well, no, I don't feel like it. I don't have time, you know? So yeah. it, um, the, the, the most powerful things are free and I'll give you the one recommendation. I mean, aside from the obvious, which is just really focusing on sleep, but I guarantee you if someone listening to this could get up and watch the sunrise every single morning for about the first 15 to 20 minutes and keep your eyes open, but not looking directly at the sun. This is a practice, an ancient practice called sun gazing. It's part of the Ayurvedic system and many other systems um, of ancient peoples. But you look about 20 degrees above or 20 degrees below the sun and you watch that sun come up from the moment it's dark until about 15 to 20 minutes into that. If you were to do that every morning, your circadian rhythm would be fixed in a week. You'd be tired as hell every night. You'd wake up every morning without an alarm, full of energy. Wow. The sunlight in the morning is predominantly red and that red light is what charges you. It's what helps you produce the dopamine that's going to keep you in a good mood all day and keep you off your phone and other addictive habits. Uh, in the morning is also when you uh, produce melatonin, which is going to make you sleep later that night. So all the research now is indicating that one of the main things that's wrong with us is that we're disconnected from the sun. And, um, you know, that's one that even I know, and I, I live in a canyon right now, an area called Laurel Canyon. And so for me to get the sunrise, I have to go out when it's dark and cold and get in my car and drive up the hill. And oh, wow. I haven't done it once since I moved here like four months wow. ago because I'm just like, oh, God, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to set the alarm. In my <laughs> last place, I would do that every morning because I could see the sunrise from my porch because I was down in the flat part of L.A. 
But um, that's the one I kind of challenge people on is like if you're complaining about your health or you don't have energy or you have depression or anxiety, it's because you're not getting morning sun. And if you just, if you could pick one thing to do, I swear to you, I can guarantee this in writing, it will change your life just watching the sunrise. If you want to get like super next level, watch the sunrise and the sunset for as many days as you can. It It will change your life. Wow. And for, for more, yeah, and for more science on it, if you're like, "Wow, this guy sounds like a kook," uh, look up Dr. <laughs> <laughs> look up Dr. Jack Cruz, K R U S E. He's been on my podcast, I think, four times now, and he's a neurosurgeon, which means he's a brain surgeon, which means he's a really, really smart guy, and he's done all the research on this and gives all the scientific data as to why um, that particular practice is so powerful and also why it's so dangerous to be exposed to artificial light in a cool color spectrum, which we call blue light after dark, because it's extremely damaging to your, your entire biology, because you're indicating to your brain that it's noon when it's like two in the morning. So your body's like, uh, we don't know where we are on the planet right now. We're, we just give up. We're not going to make neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. So good luck with that depression. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh-huh. the, the, those are, that's, that's my free perspective, you know, is undomesticate yourself. Think about what a wild human would have to go through. And that includes moving like a wild hum- human, like getting out in the yard and getting dirty and moving around and, you know, doing right. your yoga, doing more natural movement rather than going in a gym with blue lighting and off-gassing plastic machines and all of that nastiness. Like get out, make nature your gym. Go to the park and climb up a tree like a weirdo because you are <laughs> No, but I mean, that makes so much sense when you think about it, like with me now, of course, being a new mom, like I see how much, you know, Amelia Ray explores and how she's always wanting to be outside. And like, she drags me outside and wanting to like, you know, play in her little playhouse and be in the sun and get her feet in the ground, play in the grass. And it forces me. And it's funny listening to you now saying this, I'm thinking in my head, those are probably some of my best days because I am out in it with her. Totally. And this just shows you the infinite wisdom of a little baby ape. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean that <laughs> with the utmost kindness. All babies no, are baby no. apes, not just yours. But the babies are little animals, and they know what to do in their environment. That's why they eat dirt. They're populating their microbiome. Like, kids yeah. kids get it. You know, it's just as we get older, we, we conform that. to societal norms, and we want to do what's quote-unquote normal. And even sometimes I do things that, I think is totally normal. Like just go, I don't know, I go to the park or something. I take my shirt off. Cause I'm not like, I don't even have a body that I want to show off. I'm actually kind of insecure when I take my shirt off, if I'm totally honest, cause I don't think I'm in great shape, but I do it because there's so many health. Lies. I feel like this is so not true. <laughs> well, you, you have not seen that. You, if you watch my Instagram, I never take my shirt off. But anyway, that's not even the point. I'm just keeping it real. The point is I'll take my shirt off because I know how good the sun is on your skin. And people look at me like I'm a weirdo. And I'm like, wait, you guys are the weirdos because you're sitting here covering up your skin when like you could be getting so much vitamin D production from this midday sun. And if you're deficient on vitamin D, your whole health falls apart. Like you're going to end up with a disease if you're deficient in vitamin D3. I mean, this is a scientific fact. So who's the weirdo here, you know? And it's like, I have to remind myself that because I do feel kind of like an outcast at times, you know, not so much when I'm in California because we're all, you know, a little bit out there on on the two coasts. But 
you know, if I was in Des Moines, Iowa and like was ripping my shirt off in the parking lot at the mall or something, people might be like, whoa, is that a crazy homeless person? No, it's just a guy who likes nature, you know, who's trying to like soak up a little bit of sun. So um, I pretend like I'm a little kid. And I think that's one of the things that keeps me young too, is I I don't ever want to lose my childhood curiosity, my teachability, my sense of humor, my playfulness. I mean, these are the things that make life worth living. And um, when you have kids, I don't have kids, but I observe them um, from time to time. And I see like, ah, they still get it. They know how to, they know how to fantasize, you know, they play, they play games where they pretend like they're a prince or a princess and they're able to be creative in their mind and be fluid and, and, um, you know, live in reality and also out of reality simultaneously. And I think kids are really our greatest teachers because their creativity and spontaneity hasn't been deprogrammed out of them yet. But for many of us adults, it has, and we have to spend much of our lives reverse engineering that programming to become free again. Yeah, no, that resonates with me so much because I've been telling Amanda, like, you know, because I'm still new to this whole motherhood thing. And I tell her all the time, I'm like, it sounds so cheesy and like so corny, but I feel like I'm getting to like re-experience life through Amelia's eyes. And I'm so grateful because I'm like, just, wow, this is amazing. Or this smells amazing. Or this feels great. And I'm like, why am I not doing these things as an adult? Why did it take me to become a mom and just have Amelia do these things that I'm now like getting to rediscover life and find all these new things in my own path? That's so great. That's such a neat thing to hear. It's it's encouraging too for if and when I have kids. I'll have to remember that when I'm not sleeping and changing diapers and stuff. You know? <laughs> oh, the craziness of the of the diaper. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things that are crazy, but you really do see like they're just these magical little things, and everything is amazing. So I'm like, they look at something. Oh, you know, they look at something. Their eyes widen. They they get excited over like the dumbest thing, and it's like you laugh because you're like, oh my gosh, I used to get excited over something stupid like that, but again, I've been programmed now and conditioned to change the way I react and they don't have that. They just are these magical things. It really is truly incredible. And she's definitely my greatest teacher by far. Wow. That's so cool. Congratulations. Thank you. So one thing I wanted to ask you too was about supplements because I'm sure you take a bajillion supplements. (laughs) Um, And I wanted to know what you take, what you recommend for other people, et cetera. Well, I always recommend for other people that, supplements are the last line of defense you know that if you're deficient in nutrients it probably has a lot more to do with some of the things that i just outlined of being disconnected from your environment and so for example if somebody's deficient in vitamin d it's not because they're not taking pills they weren't designed to take pills it's because they're not getting sun you know and that would be especially true the darker your skin is, the more sun you need in order to produce and, and preserve and store uh, levels of vitamin D3. So to me, the first things you do before you supplement is you adjust your lifestyle. It's like, for example, if you were to get labs done and you were deficient in magnesium, that's you know could have something to do with perhaps you're not getting much magnesium in your diet because our soils are depleted of minerals and therefore the plants that we eat or the animals that ate plants that we eat uh, are deficient in in magnesium, but it probably has more to do with the fact that you're living in a Wi-Fi environment and you're living close to a cell tower, which makes it oh, impossible wow. to absorb magnesium. Yeah, so uh, you know when you start getting into the supplementation, it's like you really have to look at the root cause of why is there a deficiency there. 
So that's my disclaimer. And I also don't recommend that anyone do anything. I just say, hey, here's what I do. This is what feels good to me. But each person has to really get in touch with their own body and their own needs. And I also think doing functional medicine testing is really important too, where you get your labs done at least once a year. And you might be taking a supplement that you don't really need or isn't effective um, because you heard it's good for you. But meanwhile, say like you eat, um, say you're a woman and you menstruate and you probably think, well, I menstruate and I heard, so I need to take iron. Well, you probably don't if you eat a bunch of desiccated grass-fed liver or you eat a lot of red meat, right? Whereas a man could be too high in iron because we don't bleed and we eat tons of red meat. And so you have to go donate blood to get rid of some of that excess ferritin and iron. So it's pretty geeky stuff that I'm getting into, but <laughs> it's, just to, it's just to indicate that it's like, each person is very unique and each person's also unique from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. And labs are really the only time that are the only way for you to get a real time snapshot of where you are in your body and what you need to work on and also get to the root causes. So that said, uh, if you were to open my supplement cabinet right now, which is like <laughs> bigger, much bigger than the food cabinet, because I'm just... <laughs> psycho like that um it's always funny when i start dating someone because they're like you got anything to eat and i'm like um <laughs> supplements does that can you eat those uh but i take uh my favorite company that makes uh you know traditional supplements is called quicksilver scientific the reason that i like them is they're very high integrity and they have a different delivery system it's called lipospheric and that oh. just means that the molecules of the nutrients are encapsulated in tiny little bits of fat that go they're small enough to get into your cell and so the absorption rate of their particular um, nutrient formulations is much higher it's about as close as you can get to actually get in an iv of those particular nutrients cool. and so that's why i really like that company and the way you administer them is sublingual so you squirt these little liquid supplements under your tongue you hold it there for a couple minutes and it goes right into your bloodstream um, through your mouth rather than having to get beat down by your digestive system. So say like you're deficient in vitamin B12 because you don't eat a lot of meat. Let's say you're a vegan, for example. Um, there, It's very hard to get sufficient levels of B12 from a vegan diet. So you want to supplement that and you're thinking, cool, I'll just take a bunch of these pills every day. Well, the absorption level is really low. You're going to end up peeing and pooping out a lot of expensive vitamins when if you were to take them sublingually in a lipospheric delivery system, you're actually going to absorb much more of them and get your money's worth and they're going to end up where they need to go. So the things that I take on a regular basis, let me see. Um, I do a B complex. I do uh, K2 and D3. Even though I get a lot of sun, I just take extra D3 because I'm just extra. Uh, mm -hmm. I, do, um, I do ginseng. I do cat's claw. I do... Um, cat's claw is an herb from South America. It's a bark that grows on certain trees down there. And um, it's a very potent antifungal and antiviral and immune system boosting because the compounds in it protect the trees from getting moldy in the wet jungle. It's really interesting. A lot of things in nature like that, they, they have a job or a role within the ecosystem. And when you take them, they do that same thing for the human body as if you were a tree. So they protect you from mold and yeast and fungi and all of that because that's what they do in the Amazon to the trees. It's trippy. So that's cat's claw. And then, um, and then I take a, like a brain supplement called uh, Qualia Mind. And that has, oh God, probably about 25 different 
uh, plant-derived substances in it, extracts that are really good for brain health, cognition, memory, focus, et cetera. That's like my favorite brain supplement. It's called wow. Qualia Mind. And then I do uh, take another product from Quicksilver Scientific called The One. And that's, again, a sublingual lipospheric delivery. And it's got two ingredients. One of them is called CoQ10 and one of them is called PQQ. And those are really good for mitochondrial health. And mitochondria are the little power plants inside your cells that give you energy. So if you're feeling like low energy, it means your mitochondria are not producing enough energy, which we call ATP. And that particular supplement is, is one of the only ones I've ever taken where you take it if you're tired and you're like, whoa, I have energy now. It, it actually really works. It's amazing. I cannot forget that. Like, this is so, <laughs> this is so interesting to me because I really started this year to sort of, so I actually had a vitamin D deficiency and I ended up breaking my back and they think that's why, although wow. I'm not really sure. Cause I think all the doctors I went to were kind of morons, uh, because I went to a healer and now I'm like 95% better. Um, so maybe it was something emotional as well. Um, yeah. healer who we're going to have on the show at some point, but um, oh, that's great. I was going to say, you should, I'll introduce you. You should meet Katie. Her name is Katie Pushy. I don't know if you know her. She's, she like changed my life. I feel like you two should meet, but, um, it's funny because like, I am now just like really exploring how they make me feel because I have ADD and I'm so, and like, I've talked about this on the podcast. I'm so hooked on stimulants and it's disgusting. Um, and I have to like get out of the cycle of this. And I've done, I'm so like, I've so just like overshot all of my receptors that like modafinil does nothing for me anymore. Wow. Like, wow. That's, that's yeah. crazy because that stuff's pretty strong. But you know, I have to oh, say, I, I used to take like a quarter modafinil and I would be pretty amped on it and focused. And, oh. um, and I, you know, I just, the interesting thing about that particular nootropic Modafinil, for those listening, is something that really helps with focus and cognition and memory and word recall and things like that. It's really effective, but it's non-addictive. And that's what's so weird about it versus something like Adderall, which is really like an amphetamine. But modafinil, you can't get addicted to it because I started taking it. I thought, this is amazing. I'm going to do this every day. And then I would just forget about it for a few months. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, wait, I have a drawer full of those things. But what I did notice is when I first took modafinil, a quarter would be a lot which is like a quarter of a tablet. And then now I take a quarter, I literally don't feel it at all. And I take a half and I'm like, meh, I'm not that focused. So it's weird. It, it seems to perhaps maybe even for someone like me that doesn't clinically have ADD or ADHD, but Afinil seems to, you either build a tolerance or it's not as effective after some time. But I want to throw something out for you. And that is um, a proven, completely non-evasive, non-drug related, act, like literally a cure for ADD. It's called neurofeedback. I've heard about this. Yeah, there's a place in West LA. It's called Peak Brain LA. And I've done a podcast with the founder of Peak Brain. His name's Dr. Andrew Hill. He's a PhD professor at UCLA. He's a cognitive neuroscientist. And he's one of the most world-renowned experts in this modality called neurofeedback, which has been around, oh God, I think since the 60s or 70s. And it's clinically proven to literally cure ADD and ADHD and PTSD and insomnia and all sorts of things. Wow. It's, it's really, really incredible. It's, it's a little bit pricey. Um, yeah, I haven't priced it recently, but 
you know, if you were to do like a few month program, it's probably a couple of few thousand dollars, but I'm sure there, there are ways to, um, you know, work that out. But essentially what you do is you go in and get a QEEG, which is the brain map. And they really look um, at the brain waves that your brain is producing and what those mean and how they can fix them essentially. And so they do an analysis of your brain and then they build a protocol of this neurofeedback treatment, uh, which is really a brain training. It's not really a treatment. It just trains your brain to behave in certain ways a little difficult to explain you go in and it makes sense but essentially look at your brain and go okay what's firing what's not and then the neurofeedback straight up just fixes it and you're fixed and that's it (laughs) you know it's like it's really incredible so for you and anyone listening that's been diagnosed with that um there there are alternatives that are super super safe um and that have literally no side effects whatsoever that's really cool yeah so that's definitely that's something i have to look into because me too I yeah. feel like Allie's like, stop popping. Pills. <laughs> oh, I, know, I do. I've been telling her, I'm like, stop. It's so bad. But I'm, I'm like, so like the opposite, like I, to the point where like, if I really even need to take something, I don't because I'm so against how much our society has gotten hung up on. If I take this, it'll make me feel better. If I take this, it'll make me feel better. And all these pills that just have all these side effects and all these crazy things. And you watch these commercials that come on and it's like, this may happen. This may happen. This may happen. And I'm like, I know, why? right? your body like why is that something you're still making that decision to just still go ahead and pop it just drives me crazy yeah i know i know man i get it yeah i get it so um yeah i think that's kind of uh as far as the supplements go i think that's kind of those are pretty some of the main ones that i take and then other than that you know it's sort of just superfoods and different powders and and things like that um there is one other thing worth mentioning, actually, that I'm have become a big fan of for pain, and it's um, it's a plant called kratom. Some people call it kratom. It's, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a it's a tree. It's the it's the ground up leaves from a tree in Southeast Asia. It grows in many different countries in Asia. Most of it um, is farmed out of Thailand and Indonesia. And it's just a tree that grows in the jungle. And indigenous people figured out when you grind up the leaves and drink them in a you know, in a drink or however you get it in you, that it's a really great um, safe painkiller. And it's actually used to get people off of Oxycontin and heroin and really strong opiates because it hits the opiate receptors in your brain, but it's missing the molecules that true opiates have that make you get addicted to it. So if you take enough uh, kratom as people call it although in thailand they call it kratom <laughs> yeah, i call it kratom just because i dated a thai girl and she was like you're so annoying it's called kratom not kratom <laughs> but, uh, yeah so i just i'm like i'm just going against the grain i'm going to call it the real thing but um kratom is really incredible for getting people off of um you know opiate addictions and and all of that and uh more than anything it's just really good for pain and i'm someone unfortunately as healthy as i try to be i still experience quite a bit of pain in my back in different areas at times so i'd say probably a couple of few nights a week i'll have a you know a therapeutic dose of that um and i do my best to not take enough where i'm like whoa i feel high because i'm not really at a place in my life where i want to be high or enjoy that i'm pretty much uh, on the straight and narrow these days and have been for a long time but that that's something that i think could really revolutionize um, you know, taking the place of a pharmaceutical, you know, so if you're someone that's taking a bunch of even a bunch of Advil or ibuprofen or aspirin or any kind of a painkiller, Vicodin or anything, um, Kratom is a really great natural alternative, whether 
you have cramps or a headache or an injury or something like that. And I think why it popped up is a friend of mine just actually texted me two hours ago. And he's like, dude, I, I hurt myself working out. Um, do you have any of that ground leaf stuff? He didn't even know what it was called. He just probably heard me talk of it. And so literally right now, I just sent him a jar via messenger. He lives in Malibu. And I'm like, "Can you? St- I can't get over there. I got an interview. But if you send a messenger over, I'll give you a bottle of mine. You know? And so, oh, yeah. And so, you know, I mean, this is someone that maybe he would have gone to the doctor and, you know, they would have prescribed Vicodin or a muscle relaxer or something that's really hard on your liver or that has potential for addiction or you can't drive on it or whatever whatever you can take kratom to a dose that kills your pain and sit there and like work and be cognizant and totally normal i mean you feel a little bit you know a little bit of that kind of if someone's been to the dentist and taken a vicodin you feel a little warm and fuzzy and you get a little of that but um the dose that kills pain isn't the dose that makes you feel wasted so it's a really cool plant and i'm i'm an advocate of it because it's so safe and the fda has tried to make it illegal multiple times and various um, veteran groups and people that have a lot of pain issues and have been addicted to pain meds have been advocates to keep it um, not classified as a drug and to keep it legal. And so far we've managed to do that, but big pharma hates Kratom because it's so effective and it's so safe and you can't get addicted to it. I mean, very easily. I'm sure you could, you know, anything's habit forming that feels good, but um, Mm -hmm. that's something that's in my medicine cabinet and that I use, you know, responsibly um, here and there as well. That's, that's really so. Cool. I'm gonna check that out. So, so that's those, so interesting. Have you seen the movie? It's a leaf of faith. It was on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. I, I, it was. What is it? It's on. I think. It, I don't know if it's still on, but it's about kratom and it's about like the legality. Wait, let me ask. Where do you buy it in LA? Because I kind of want to buy it. <laughs> I hear. I'll tell it's you. Like a skimmy. I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. Uh, I'm. I'm I, working I, on. Responsibly, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you're so irresponsible with everything. But where do you get it in LA? Well, here's the thing I order it from a business in Vegas. It's called naturalorganics.com, and that's spelled with an X naturalorganics.com. And I'm working with them. I'm going to start carrying it on my site. All the stuff I talked mm-hmm. about, by the way, shameless plug, you can get at lukestory.com forward slash store. So, like, and I, I don't sell anything. I just have affiliate accounts with all these different brands that I support. And and oftentimes you get a discount code too. So that's an easy place to find basically anything I'm talking about. If you're like, wait, what was that thing? Just like go to Luke's story and look for the store and you'll find it there. <laughs> uh, but Natural Organics, I, I, I'm working on a relationship with them. But the reason that I chose them and I like them is that they test for heavy metals, mold, contamination. And so they're, they're third-party verified lab tested to be free of any funny business which is really important, especially when you're getting something from, in many cases, a third world country where there's a lot of people there that are um, struggling financially. And, you know, they're like, wow, now all these Americans want this plant. I'm going to go get it from some shady source and let it sit there and mold or the machinery that's being used might not be sterile, et cetera. And these guys are super, super stringent about quality control. And so um, their actual business is called Urban Ice Organics but the website is naturalorganics with an X.com. And that's after a lot of research, that's the, the Kratom source that I settled on and they ship quick and you pay with um, like online banking. They don't take credit cards cause it is one of those sort of fringe things. So you pay like with a direct deposit and 
or a check. You can like um, put the number of your check and your routing number in there and pay like that. A lot of nootropics and things that you buy online, you have to buy with Bitcoin and weird stuff like that. And this is one of those cases, but I, I can verify that they do quickly ship. They got a phone number, real people you can talk to. They have a warehouse in Vegas. It's completely on the up and up, but don't be weirded out when you get to their site and you're like, wait, what? You don't take credit cards or PayPal? Who are you? <laughs> no, I, what was I trying to buy? I was trying to buy something off the deep web and all the sites were down. This was a few weeks ago. Yeah. And it's so sketchy, but yeah, sometimes it's, sometimes it's like that. I, there's a lot of things I buy that it, there it's from some, you know, it's like a borderline pharmaceutical thing yeah. for whatever. And it's from Germany. Like I'm trying to order this stuff right now for my eyes. There are these special eye drops cause I'm having some problems with my vision and I actually literally had to hire a VA to go research how to buy it because the the site that I found, you had to use Bitcoin and I can't figure out how to use Bitcoin. So I hired my VA to figure out how to pay with Bitcoin. They couldn't figure it out. So I finally had them find some on eBay and it's shipping from Germany. And the, wow. shipping, the shipping time is like two and a half months. You know? Like oh really? God. But I really want this stuff because it's not approved by the FDA to use on your eyes, but it's got, you know, just tons of white papers and research going back many years to say that it, it does. Um, it actually stops like um, eye fatigue and sore, dry eyes, which is what I have. And I don't want to do pharmaceuticals. This is a natural alternative. It's um, it's made out of peptides, which are, I think, like an amino acid kind of thing that fixes shit like that. Yeah. No, we just love how much research you do because it's like, it's just so awesome how you like take control of like your own body and your own situation. Because I think it's so easy, obviously for most of us in society, like to just see what, you know, is be out there or if a doctor says to you, Oh, just take this. And it's like, I think so many of us don't realize that we should second guess that and like do our own research and figure out, okay, well, what really is good for me before actually putting it into our bodies? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my motto is become your own doctor. And I have a, a lot of respect for doctors and I'm very grateful that the medical system is there, but it's, for me, it's the absolute last resort. I'm going to fix everything I can before I go to pharmaceuticals or surgery. I just yeah. want to fix it well, myself. No, I get it. And that's sort of why I got really into your podcast. Cause I'm at the point where like, like this oh, whole thing, so much. I went like, through so, so much. Back, with like, my bag, with crazy. everything else. Yeah. And it's like, it's so nutty. And then if you really need something, like when I broke my back, I was like, can I please have painkillers? Because, and I, by the way, broke my back working out. Like I am, went to Cedars in an ambulance with like workout clothes on. Like I wasn't just like trying to like go and no, like get drugs. Get back, yeah. And like, the, I was like, and it took them hours and they wouldn't give it to me. And then they combined... I think Valium and Norco. And I'm like, I don't even think you're supposed to do this, but like, screw this. I'll just listen to you. And if I die, I die. But I know this is a bad combination. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can't, you have to like beg for it. I feel like more and more, it's just becoming bullshit and profit as opposed to really helping people. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Valium, uh, for people that are, you know, that feel like they need diazepans, which is what Valium and Xanax are. There's also a natural alternative to that. It's called Kava. I actually have Ooh. a podcast coming out about Kava soon. Um, like Kratom, you know, it depends on your source and the quality of, of sourcing. But there's a company I recently found called uh, Noble Roots. And Noble Roots makes a Kava extract. And it your brain um, receives the Kava 
it's called a cavanoid, ca- I think, is the the molecule that's in it. If I if I'm not mistaken, and it hits the same receptors as a benzodiazepine, which is, um, as I said, Valium and Xanax. It works on your nervous system. So if someone's like, "Oh my God, I need a Xanax," you probably just need a cava. <laughs> there, it's another great natural alternative, and that is from uh, again Noble Roots. And um, I think I actually that's funny. I was just I was just saying that I'm like, wait, I think I have that on my site too. <laughs> it's funny. Well, like I said, anything I find that's like um, that's badass, I just I end up putting it. Um, you know, I end up putting it on my site because I use it, and I'm like, well, I just want to make it easy for people to find. No, I love that. And I just love that, like, Amanda and I both have said, like, we love that you actually, like, you know, like, what you talk about, you, like, you actually use and you, like, can speak to it and you've done research. It's and, not, like, bullshit. Yeah, or, like, they're we know paying it's, like, the you. Real thing. Yeah. Like, it's, like, you're, whether you're getting affiliated or whatever or not, like. Which you, you should if you're it. selling yeah, it. Yeah, you, but, you work yeah. with it all the time and you've seen the effects and, like, you actually believe in it. And there's, like such a difference between that and just endorsing something. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just my own, I got to sleep at night and my own integrity would never let me do that. It's like, I could be running ads on my podcast for so much bullshit and just making money off it. But I, I would, I would feel like a dirt bag and I don't want to feel like that. I live a clean life and I have a clean karma and a clean conscience. And so, yeah. And there's been times too, where I'll use something and then I find out it's not good for you actually. And I stopped promoting it because I did more research and, you know, more things came to light. Like I used to promote this um, DHA oil uh, that was taken from an algae in the ocean. And I thought everything was on the up and up. Like I did research on DHA and you need it and your brain uses it, et cetera, et cetera. And then I found out some conflicting information about it. And so I just stopped promoting it. I'm just like, nope. The minute I, I am, the minute something's verified as being less than optimal, then I'm just going to stop talking about it because if I stop using it, I don't want anyone else to use it. And I stopped using that stuff. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Well, this has been like, I know so amazing. We don't want to keep, we don't want to keep you too but long. I wanted to yeah. ask you, Luke, like, yeah. for, you know, for kind of like someone like me who's kind of intimidated by a lot of supplements and things like that. And I'm definitely on your wavelength. I kind of always have been, especially now that I've lived in LA for like nine and a half years, I've definitely gotten way more into let me find something that I can do to help myself and fix myself before I go to the doctor and same with my own family. I do with Justin, I do with Amelia, my daughter and all that. But with supplements, I'm always like feeling like confused and, and never really know like which way to go. And I feel like so many companies want to send me, you know, all these different things. And I'm like, but I don't know what to take and I don't know what's good. How do you kind of like navigate that? Like what would be some tips that you could give me, but also our listeners that like might want to dabble into that world, but like just, they're not like me who just put shit in their mouth. Yeah, exactly. Like we want to like know kind of like what we're doing and have a little bit of an idea. Well, I think the first thing is if you really want to do your due diligence is find a functional medicine doctor, which is an MD that looks at root causes rather than treating symptoms. And that's a really important fundamental understanding that people need to have is that traditional allopathic Western medicine looks at you and determines what the symptom is. So if you go in there and you're like, I have a rash, they're going to give you cream for the rash and send you out the door. If you go in there with a lump on your arm, they're going to carve it off with the scalpel and send you out the door. They're not going to go, hmm, I wonder why you have the lump on your arm or hmm, I wonder why you have the rash. The difference between functional medicine is you're going to go in and go, hey, I have a rash on my arm and they're going to go, well, what do you eat? And you go, well, 
I eat bread all day long. <laughs> oh, okay. Gluten is inflammatory. Okay. There's our problem, you know? And so functional medicine is the, is the first line of defense because you're looking at root causes, not the symptom. You're treating the root cause. So they would put you on an elimination diet before they'd even give you any supplements. And then in a functional medicine scenario, even supplements are the last line of defense. The first thing is you're going to work on lifestyle and diet. And then, and only then, if your labs are showing that you're deficient in supplements, then you're going to supplement. So I think people could save a lot of time, energy, and money and not even have to dabble if they just go to a professional functional medicine doctor that's reputable that can really find the root cause of whatever they're experiencing. Beyond that, just the very basics that most people, I mean, I, I'm going to say the vast majority of people in our culture are going to be deficient on are B vitamins, magnesium, and vitamin D3, which is really more kind of closer to a hormone than is a vitamin, but we call it vitamin D3. But D3, magnesium, and B vitamins, those are the ones that are just absolutely non-negotiable and crucial to have in abundance in your diet. But you can't really get vitamin D from your diet in substantial amounts. And then also eating healthy fats. You know, we were misled and brainwashed by the sugar industry uh, back in the uh, 70s going into the 80s that fat makes you fat. But what really makes you fat is sugar. And yeah. more specifically, what makes you fat and get cancer is combining sugar with bad fats. Mm -hmm. And bad fats are fats that come primarily from seeds. They're inflammatory fats. So that would be soybean oil, corn oil, canola oil. Anything you're eating that says vegetable oil, that sounds kind of healthy, right? Oh, vegetables are good. Oil from vegetables. Vegetables don't make oil. What makes oil is seeds. And seeds are encased in a seed because nature wants them to propagate. It doesn't want them to be broken open. And when you break open a seed and expose the oil inside or aka the fat inside, it immediately becomes rancid and inflammatory. And these are the bad fats. Um, also any fried foods. So you want to eat a lot of good fat. And this is whether or not you eat animal products or not. There are good fats that are vegan, really good organic, extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil. Um, there are fewer good fats for people that don't eat animal products, and that's why I don't subscribe to that diet myself personally. But I eat tons of ghee, grass-fed butter, um, the MCT oil, brain octane, as was mentioned, I think, by Amanda earlier. Uh you know, getting just getting more fats in your diet and, and not being afraid that fat's going to make you fat. The more fat you eat, the more fat adapted you are. It's just you can't eat tons of fat and tons of sugar because then the sugar spikes your insulin and then you store all that fat that you're eating. So you got to kind of choose whether you want to be a fat eater or a sugar eater. Um, and so those are those are some broad strokes. And then also just really consider like how important it is to eat organic because just think about it logically. Why would you eat food that has literally been sprayed with poisons? I mean, the food... I agree with you. The I think food, it's nuts. It is nuts. It's insane. That's why I'm always get wash, wash, wash. Well, now I like, heard that even organic now is not I organic. Well, I no, read because, that the other day. Well, it's not that it's not organic, but it's because it's literally... Because all these sprays are happening, everyone's oh. getting on the organic food too. And it's like really hard to get away with it. So it's like I recently got like this like actual like vegetable like wash that no helps, apparently like, that doesn't work no there's a new one I'll oh there's another you. new one yeah, i mean they're still testing it but it supposedly helps more get the stuff off this but is why crazy. life is so stressful I know. like like do, do you hear us it's, well here's I, 
Well, here's hard. the thing, though, you know, that I have to remind myself and I'm going to insert into this conversation is that being overly paranoid and controlling and neurotic <laughs> about all this is also really bad for your health because it puts you in a fight or flight uh cortisol adrenalized um point uh, um a, a way of experiencing life which is also really unhealthy so that's that's the real like tricky thing with all this stuff is to have awareness about it and you know if you have a choice between eating organic thing a or non-organic thing b like pick the a but if you're out and it's like well when when in rome do as the romans do and you're out with a bunch of people and it's not organic, it's like, you know, being neurotic and paranoid about it because it's not a grass-fed steak or whatever. Like, that's usually my gripe <laughs> with eating out. Or they use canola oil, like 99.9% .9 of even healthy restaurants use really horrible canola oil on there to cook with because it's cheaper than ghee and olive oil and coconut oil and whatnot. But sometimes I just, like, take one for the team and it's, you know, I just have to go, all right, Luke, fucking relax. Like, it's you can't be perfect all the time. And so I think finding that balance is is really important. But just sitting there going, oh, it doesn't matter. You're going to die anyway. I'll just eat McDonald's. I mean, you're going to have a really rough time as you start to age. And ultimately, if someone is leading that kind of lifestyle, they are going to end up on pharmaceutical drugs and having to have surgery and developing all kinds of diseases that they're going to think are normal. Like it's not normal to get Alzheimer's. It's not normal to have heart disease or cancer or uh, rheumatoid arthritis. These are all diseases of inflammation. They're all these diseases of diet and lifestyle. So if you don't want that to happen, now is the time to take um, precautionary measures, but to do so with a little bit of a sense of humor, I think, and to stay kind of light about it if possible. And trust me, I'm speaking to myself at the same time because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm totally paranoid a lot of the time, you know, and I have to learn to loosen up a little bit. But also if I loosen up too much and I go eat a loaf of sourdough bread, like I'm going to have digestive problems um, for about a week and then I'm going to have sore joints for about three weeks after that. And that happened to me recently when I went on a gluten binge one night. I was like, oh, I feel fine the next day. Two weeks later, I'm like, why does every joint in my body feel like it's burning and on fire? I have not done anything. And I, I traced it back. Oh, it's inflammation from eating gluten wow. that inflamed my gut. And then my gut inflamed my whole body. And then I had to suffer through the pain in my joints. Your average person would probably go to a doctor and get surgery on their elbow when all they need to do is just heal their gut. That's how crazy yeah. this stuff is, I'm you know? Yeah, gut health. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's no, it's so interesting to, and it's so weird to me because like the whole fast food that now I will have in and out burger twice a year, literally twice a year. I have it. Like, I don't even under, like whenever I hear about people, I've never had Taco Bell. Like I don't, to me, all of this is so weird because I don't even think it tastes that great. <laughs> Like, right, right. I, when people say that, I'm just like, if I'm going to eat something terrible, like I love a good chocolate croissant. Like I won't. <laughs> right. No, it's right. true. Like a fresh baked yeah. chocolate. Oh god, pie. you're making me hungry. <laughs> I was going to say you're hurting Luke. <laughs> but no, versus like something you buy at Seven Eleven to me yeah. seems like I'm like that seems and insane. Just like to indulge, like it's okay to indulge. Oh no. I mean, yeah. I, I totally do, but I just don't, I just think that like the low quality, like if you're going to eat not things that are not healthy, there's a difference I think between high quality, not healthy and like garbage. Oh, that's true. 
That's true. I mean, yeah, listen, if you want to go on a binge, you can go to a store like Air One and spend like 40 bucks on some organic sweets or something like that. And, you know, hey, save up for it, whatever, make it count. You know, I, I tried to do that myself. Just a couple of nights ago, I was on my way home and there's this place called Sweet Rose Creamery on Beverly and they they have like really oh, amazing organic um, ice cream. And it's just super, super like you know, just the chronic ice cream. And I try to stay away from there, but listen, man, if I'm, if I really need some ice cream for whatever reason, just social uh, or like emotional soothing or any kind of craving, like I'll go there and pay a little bit extra instead of getting some trashy Haagen-Dazs from 7-Eleven, you know? And it's like, is it ideal? No, but it's better than the trashy Haagen-Dazs from 7-Eleven. That's like the cows are eating solid GMO soy and corn all, all their whole life. And so I'm basically eating like a jar of GMO beet sugar and GMO corn and soy sugar that came out of a cow. Um, you know, I'm going to get like the grass fed organic version of that with raw cane sugar as the sweetener instead of, you know, GMO beets sugar, which is what most sugar is these days. Most of it doesn't come from a sugar cane, but there's still allowed to call it sugar a little side note there mm -hmm. it's no it's totally true and i also like that you have balance because i feel like you see these people and they're so like well it's like perfect. or nothing it's like extreme yeah mm -hmm. and it's really hard to it's really hard to do that like i don't know i i made an organic turkey burger for lunch with avocado and mushrooms and i feel a little bit guilt i'm like why do I always have to eat ketchup? Like I'm a five-year-old because I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, man, you know, you still got to live your life. And at the end of the day, we're, we're, none of us are taking our body with us. You know, it doesn't matter how in shape you are, how great you feel or how organic you've eaten. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to discard your body like an old shirt and <laughs> you leave it there. So, you know, you don't want to become too crazy about it, but Again, I go back to what I said earlier. It, it, it is important to at least, I think, to become somewhat knowledgeable about the different options. And then you can make an educated decision about those options and take responsibility for yourself. So if I want to go eat eight pieces of pizza and be sick for a month, like, cool, I'm going to own that and I'm going to enjoy that shit. It's the best pizza I've had. You know, yeah. I mean, this is literally what I did. I was in Mount Shasta at a retreat and they had, they had like gluten-free pizza and regular pizza and the gluten-free pizza had a longer line and it looked kind of gross. And I thought, nah, it'll be all right. And I just gorged on pizza and it was not good for me, but damn, it tasted good. And it was, it was a moment that I was willing to pay for, you know? And so there, there you go. I'll be a lot less likely to do that in the future because I was able to really quantify what it feels like to feel great and what it feels like to feel less than great. And when you know the difference, cause you've been living clean for a while, it makes it easier to be disciplined about following your path and staying, um, on the straight and narrow because you know the price to pay now when when you just feel like crap all the time it's like i don't know i don't feel any different when i eat from whole foods or when i eat from albertsons or whatever and that's because you're just so used to feeling like crap but when you start feeling really bomb and then you eat albertsons or mcdonald's or whatever you're like oh shit now i'm really paying the price for that mm -hmm. it's so true it's totally true i know you have to go soon but i have one more quick question which is sure it's all good everyone is going to now like listen to your podcast when oh, they're done listening to this. What I hope so. Oh my God. <laughs> no. will totally be into this. We'll be getting so many messages about No, this. you have no <laughs> idea. Like, and I think I've talked about your podcast on this yeah, podcast we have, we have before. before. Um, 
what do you think are like some really interesting episodes to listen? Now I know they're like all good, but like if you had to say like what are your oh, greatest hits? Like a couple of gems from your show. Yeah, what are the best oh, gems? Sure, that's a great question. Let me open up my podcast app and have a look here. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I just I did, I, on Tuesday, <laughs> actually Tuesday of this week, I did a really interesting uh, episode with Aubrey Marcus and Whitney Miller about their open relationship. Uh, which was, that was a really good one to kind of expand one's mind on some social norms. It's not a path that I'm particularly interested in going down at this stage in my journey, but mm-hmm. it was a really, really fun and informative and like very kind of intimate and vulnerable conversation. So that was um, number 211, Behind the Curtain of an Open Relationship with Aubrey Marcus and Whitney Miller. Uh, let's see, let me go down the list here. Um, this was a pretty popular one, how to avoid another shitty relationship or fix the one you're in (laughs) (laughs) number 204 with, uh, Michelle paradise. And then right before that, I did a trilogy series called, well, I know her, her husband, Andre, uh, she's not married. Oh, I'm thinking of someone else. (laughs) Michelle paradise. Uh, just prior to that, I did one I think people might enjoy. It's called uh, Welcome to the Jungle, My Ayahuasca Journey at Rhythmia. And it's a trilogy mm. show documenting an entire trip to Costa Rica to do ayahuasca four times uh, and my first time, uh, which was pretty – those episodes I think are pretty interesting. And then I'll uh, give you one, one more, and this is number 200 – Quantum quantum creation and epigenetics genes aren't your destiny with Dr. Bruce Lipton. And that was just a few weeks ago. And in that one, we talked about the power of your mind and how being afraid of your food and your environment can make you sicker than the food and environment. And so we really talked about the mindset and how the biology of belief, which is his most famous book, comes into play. And um, I think that was a really good episode to teach people how to find that balance and be emotionally healthy and mentally healthy but also pay attention to, you know, things like eating organic and whatnot. So I think those would be some good, good ones to start with. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Well, this, thank you so much. Like, this was like so informative, but also like, just I feel like so feel good, like way to like end our week. Cause it's like, it was just, I don't know, like everything he shared and like, no, you're super interesting. And I was going to say, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll get your information from Ali yeah, if that's sure. okay. Yeah. I want to, sure. We should do something for Forbes. I write for Forbes. Oh, yeah. You should I've definitely. been saying that for a few months to Allie. I'm like, I want to have him on so I can be like, let's do a Forbes article. Yeah. That would sure. be wonderful. I could always use some more press. <laughs> something I don't I, I don't spend very much energy on that. And then I'm, I wish that I did. I just keep producing content. That's kind of my thing. I'm like a, <laughs> I'm a content machine gun. Just every day I'm just putting out content. But I often don't get time to, um, you know expand the brand yeah, in those ways. so yeah i'd love to do anything hours, like that. Right? <laughs> yeah, so where can people find you and we'll, we'll have the, it the links in the show notes. sure the the podcast is the life stylist podcast it's kind of a take on my former career being a fashion stylist but the life stylist and then my main website is lukestory.com with an ey all my videos, my online store with all the supplements and all that all that stuff can be found there and then in terms of social media the one that I'm most active on would definitely be Instagram, and that's at Luke Story, S-T-O-R-E-Y. I do tons of really wacky stories and 
uh, live feeds on my Insta of all my biohacking hijinks and trips to the hot springs and all these different things that I do. And really enjoy those. So definitely follow me on Instagram and you'll, if not learn something, I think at least be entertained at some point. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Luke. And it was so great to also get to reconnect with you and hear everything you're doing now. We're like so amazed by it. So thank you so much for being on. And as we always say, thank you. Be fabulous. fabulous. Bye. (laughs) All right. Thanks, ladies. Bye-bye. Cotton both. How to Jane Fonda. One, two, three, four. Get your booty on the dance floor. Work it out. Shake it, little mama. Let me see you do the Jane Fonda.